Three, two, one, let's go. Welcome back to Mission Forged. I'm Bobby Jankovic, and Mission Forged is where we engage each other, empower one another, and in doing so, elevate the world around us, especially the world as it relates to real estate. Today, I'm going to read an article to you, and I know that sounds slightly boring. However, the topic is very, very important. Um, and it's only one person's opinion, but it is a pattern of, of information that's been going on for some time, and we just need to be aware of it. This is the 2023 State of the Commonwealth report as uh, produced by ODU, uh, Old Dominion University, and the author is Dwayne Yancey. And this just came out yesterday. And this is something they and other institutions do annually um, just to sort of take a look at trends, right? It's important. It helps businesses develop plans. If you're in business like real estate, it's going to help you identify trends. And we've got a problem brewing. When, um, and let's just, without further ado, let me dive in. ODU report warns again that Virginia is increasingly split between the haves and the have-nots. And then the subtitle is, the report also warns that Virginia is losing young adults and continues to lag behind North Carolina in multiple economic metrics. However, Southside and Southwest have seen the state's highest income growth. Okay, good. So it's not all negative. And here we go. Many of us for go for annual figure start over. Many of us go for annual physicals and get the same advice year after year. Lose weight, reduce stress, and eat healthier. ODU just put its annual checkup on the state of Virginia's economy and its advice is familiar. Although this sounded with new alarms, Virginia has an unhealthy regional economic divide between the metro haves and the rural, rural have-nots. Virginia continues to lose people to North Carolina, and it's losing young adults in general. So that is basically the overview of the article. So if you're interested, let me continue on and you can hear more in depth. I've written before about many of these economic trends, but... The state of the 2023 State of the Commonwealth report from Dragas Center of Economic Analysis and Policy and the Strom College of Business at ODU packages them together in new ways and adds some data I haven't seen before. As the policy nerd, I highly encourage all of our legislators to find some time to read this report they, as they head to Richmond in early January because it seems a solid review of where Virginia stands economically. Here is my attempt to summarize some of the most pertinent findings of this 178-page report, which is chock full of charts and graphs. And before I continue, again, this is um, Dwayne Yancey, which is an opinion piece in the Cardinal News, and that's a free available thing that you can all subscribe to if you want. The economic, as I continue on, the economic fate of the Commonwealth looks increasingly bifurcated. That's a fancy word, but it doesn't sound good, does it? 
Two years ago, ODU, the ODU report warned that the Commonwealth is pulling apart, creating a challenge for current and future decision makers on how to spur development in those areas of the state that have been left behind. This, this time, the report says the same thing, just with different language. For some of the areas of Virginia, the recovery from the economic shock associated with COVID-19 pandemic has been robust, with evidence emerging of a new expansion in economic activity in 2023, the report says. For other areas of the Commonwealth, the report would be best characterized as anemic. <clears throat> the report is generally optimistic about the economy, saying that inflation is ebbing. However, it says the open question remains, can we spur economic growth across the, the state? Subtitle, the economies of Southwest and Southside have shrunk. And it's important to note here, when you're thinking of Southside, this is not Southside Hampton Roads. This is Southside like Petersburg, Emporia, um, New Brunswick, that part of the state. We're familiar with the population losses in Southwest and Southside as it stands to reason that the economies there have been have declined too. However, I haven't seen the figures compiled until now. The ODU report computes the gross domestic product for each of the nine regions of the Go Virginia Economic Development Program. Only two of those regions, regions one in the Southwest and regions three in the Southside have seen their GDP shrink from 2010 to 2021. We often look at things in terms of population such as election returns. However, this chart gives a sense of the economic weight that localities carry or don't carry. Notice that Northern Virginia now accounts for 43% of the state's economy, while Southwest Virginia comprises just 2.4% and the South Side only comprises 2.2%. If you wonder why state officials might pay more attention to one of those than the other, then there's your answer. The Roanoke Valley, New River Valley, Allegheny Highlands, and Lynchburg area are all in Region 2, and they have seen the GDP rise slightly, but overall, its share of the state's economy is in decline. Here's one way to think of it. Imagine you're the governor, and there's nine phones on your desk. Each is a hotline from one of the state's Go Virginia regions. They all ring at once, and knowing that the relative weight of the economy behind each one, which one would you answer first? New subparagraph. Southwest Virginia has the slowest job growth in the state, but it's growing instead of shrinking. Again, this doesn't come as a surprise, but it's still useful, if disheartening, to see the numbers. On one hand, there's job growth in Southwest Virginia from 20 to 22, unlike from 10 to 19, when the numbers of jobs, the number of jobs was in the state's western corner was shrinking. So that's progress. Another paragraph, Richmond area has the fastest job growth, but Hampton Roads is next to last. The fastest job growth in the state comes in the Go Virginia region number four, which is the Richmond area. Again, this is not surprising. That's also where the fastest population growth has been, and the job growth and the population growth go hand in hand. What's notable here is the slow job growth in Hampton Roads, the second slowest in the state. Even the South Side is seeing job growth at a significantly faster pace, just one-tenth of a percent, but still, there it is. The sharp-eyed observers will notice something else in the chart, that Virginia's job growth is running slower 
than the nation's is. The fastest growing region, the Richmond area, matches the national average, but all the other parts of the state are running behind. We'll come back to this later in the article. South side and Southwest, South side and Southwest have all, this is a new paragraph, have seen the state's highest income growth. Here's a pleasant surprise. From 2019 to 2021, the fastest income growth in Virginia has come down to the two of the poorest parts of the state, the South side and the Southwest in that order. Both have posted double-digit gains, 12.9% in Southside and 11.3% in the Southwest. Now, keep in mind on how percentages work. It's easier to get a big percentage increase when you start with a smaller base. So that's part of what's going on here. However, also this reflects a tighter job market that has driven up labor prices and the growth of relatively well-paying manufacturing jobs in those regions. You can call that a sense, you may recall that a Census Bureau report in September shows that the Martinsville-Henry region had these the fastest growing wage growth in the state. ODU report, the ODU report helps put that in a more regional context. If this were a sports event, we'd say that Martinsville-Henry County micropolitan area helped lead the Go Virginia region to a victory. This represents an even bigger shift for Southwest Virginia. From 2010 to 2019, Southwest had the slowest income growth in the state. Now it's in second place. There are other ways to look at incomes, so let's move on. Among a new paragraph, among metros, Stanton, Staunton posts the highest income growth. Roanoke sees the biggest decline. The stats above look at per capita income by the Go Virginia regions which cover the whole state. The ODU report also looked at the medium household income and through the lens of the state's 11 metro areas, which leaves out Martinsville area I just cited, but does help zero in on the regions more closely, allowing us, for instance, to distinguish between the Roanoke Valley, the New River Valley, and Lynchburg, rather than lumping them all into a Go, region, Go Virginia region number two. This aspect of the report also factors in inflation. Na nominal medium household income counts the actual dollars. Real median household income takes inflation into account. I didn't know that. That's uh, interesting. Uh, continuing on, those stats paint two very different pictures from 2019 to 2022. Nominal medium household income in Virginia rose by approximately 12.3%, and it might appear to be good news. The report says, however, over the same period, prices also rose by an average of 14.8% from 2019 to 2022. Therefore, real median household income in the Commonwealth fell by 2.2%. We look at things, re when we look at things regionally, we find that Stanton, Staunton, Waynesboro, and Augusta saw the state's biggest gains in real median household income from 2019 to 2022, which is 11.3%. Only two other metro areas, Richmond and Blacksburg, saw their real median household incomes rise. All the rest fell. Ro the Roanoke metro fell the most at 7%. The effects of inflation have, une have been unequally di distributed across the state. Why Stanton is so much better off than everyone else and the Roanoke Metro, 
about an hour and a half south is worse off is not addressed in the report. As someone who drives the, and this is the author, as someone who drives that route rather frequently, I can't explain it with my observations either. For those not familiar with the region, the Stanton area certainly seems to be booming with a lot of spillover growth from Charlottesville. However, as a resident of the Roanoke Valley, I don't see a negative number that this report offers up. New paragraph, Virginia lags behind North Carolina in economic growth. The report devotes multiple charts to pointing out all the ways North Carolina is doing better economically than Virginia. All these measurements, population, size of the labor force, size of the economy, are connected and we would have a merry time arguing about which one comes first, although the reality is they all move together. North Carolina has seen a faster population growth than Virginia. North Carolina has also seen its labor pool grow faster than Virginia. North Carolina has also seen the economy grow faster than Virginia. Notice that North Carolina hasn't always had a faster GDP growth rate than Virginia. We're we were leading until about 2014 when the Tar Heel State pulled ahead, and since then, the economic gap has been widening. Why? I have, I've, not for, I've not seen a definitive study, and this report doesn't purport to be that, but the governor, Glenn Youngkin, is fond of pointing out that the lines crossed when Virginia had a Democratic governor. He says, the problem is that North Carolina has lower taxes than Virginia and has repeatedly cited that as the reason for Virginia to reduce its rates. He contends that would help Virginia attract more jobs. Expect another push for that when he presents his budget on Wednesday. Also, expect pushback from the Democrats who see proposed cuts in the corporate tax rate as a giveaway to the rich. We'll have plenty of time later to discuss that, but here are some starting facts. Except for states that don't have any corporate income tax, North Carolina already has the lowest corporate income tax in the nation, and that tax will be phased out entirely by 2030, Forbes reports. The Tax Foundation says that North Carolina's top marginal corporate income tax rate is now 2.5%, while Virginia's is 6%. Would a lower tax rate encourage more economic growth in Virginia? If lower taxes aren't driving North Carolina's superior economic growth, then what is? And what would Virginia do with the uh, what could Virginia do to drive stronger job growth? New subparagraph: Virginia is losing young adults. I wrote recently that a new batch of census stats shows that Virginia is losing parents with children. The ODU report chooses not to look at the stats through uh, chooses to look at the stats through a different lens, which isn't wrong. It's just different and just enlightening. It focuses on those 20 to 34 in age, young adults entering the workforce, and it points to this worrisome trend. Since the middle of the last decade, Virginia's population of young adults has not kept pace with the United States. The chart shows that from 2010 to 2014, Virginia had slightly higher share of its population with 20 to 34 range than the nation did. And since 2014, since two, 2014, though, Virginia has increasingly fallen behind and we now have fewer in the 20 to 34 range and the gap is growing. 
Why is that? The report doesn't say, but it's presumably that they have found better economic opportunities somewhere else, which still begs the question, why? And what can be done about it? The report doesn't answer that either, but it does pinpoint where these outflows of young adults are coming from. Are you ready? Question mark. Northern Virginia and Hampton Roads are the regions losing young adults, not rural areas. The previous observations deal with a share of population, not actual raw counts of population. Overall, Virginia has more young adults now than it did previously, and their share of the population is simply smaller. However, two parts of the state are seeing declines and big declines in the actual number of young adults, and they're not the usual culprits of the Southwest and the South Side. From 2010 to 2019, the only parts of the state losing young adults were the Southwest and and Southside. Over the past two years, they were still just two parts of the state that have seen decline in the raw numbers of people ages 20 to 34, and they, they're just different ones. Now the two biggest metros, Hampton Roads and Northern Virginia, just saw the biggest decline with the outflow of 3,560 young adults, while Northern Virginia saw a net loss of 1,478 young adults. If we go back one more year to 19 to 2, 2022, a computation not provided, but one I did on my own, the losses are 8,304 <clears throat> from Hampton Roads and 2,930 from Northern Virginia, plus 198 from plus 198 from Southwest Virginia. The data tracks with the previous data we've seen on population outflows that the difference between 2019 and 2022 data and 2020 to 2022 data, Southwest Virginia is down one and up the other, and also tracks with the other data we've seen. Since the pandemic, we've seen an influx of people moving into rural areas or perhaps staying in place in the first place. This map, since this map that we've seen run previously that, the sh that shows which localities have been gaining or losing people, through the domestic migration. This doesn't necessarily mean that those counties have gained or lost per population overall. It just shows people moving. A county might see more people moving in than out, but still lose population overall if deaths outnumber births. We have, we have more census data coming in a few weeks that may shed more light on this, but, but what this report tells us is that Virginia's problem with losing young adults is primarily a metro problem, not a rural one. Obviously, individuals in counties may have specific problems. In any case, the report says Virginia's populations of adults ages 20 to 34 grew slower than the nation last decade, and this decade looming concern about the economic development in the Commonwealth. As a result, the report makes this observation. Virginia needs to ask why so many college students do not stay in the region or the state. New paragraph, and we're nearing the end of the article, so just stick with me. Um, so what do we do about all this? It would be useful to hear politicians talk about this in more than just sound bites. The report makes several general suggestions if it urges fiscal discipline enrichment and there are there are a surplus funds to be expended we recommend investments that facilitate job creation and trades in virginia it specifically urges investment in rural broadband 
and the Port of Virginia, as well as aligning higher education with the needs of employers. This gets at the debate over whether higher ed should be focused more on job training or more on liberal arts. The report also says that improving east-west traffic corridors by widening existing roads and improving rail service would bind the Commonwealth together strongly. Are we are these moves enough? Question mark. These words from the report sound like a sign off for an old TV serial. Can Virginia raise its job creation to match that of its neighbors in the South? What actions are needed to increase the attractiveness of the Commonwealth to reverse the outflow of Virginians to other states? Can the Commonwealth take action to approve its distribution of economic growth or is it fated to see increased economic gains concentrated along the I-95 corridor between Richmond and Northern Virginia. These are not trivial questions, but matters for serious debate and consensus building and action. Stay tuned. Wow, there's a lot there. I tell you what, we have really got to watch these trends and press our politicians on getting focused around these topics so that they can discuss them and know the answers are clear. Um, but we definitely need to be mindful because if we continue to lose these young people, it is going to be much worse for us in 10 or 15 years down the road when we have no one to replace the workforce. Thanks for joining me, everybody, on Mission Forge. I hope you found this valuable. Please like and subscribe and share it with someone else that you think would find it valuable.